sharing good news of great joy to all people. Elation Church. Today, I want us to talk about a very familiar story out of the book of Matthew. And this story takes place right after Jesus feeds thousands of people on a hillside with just a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish. And we're going to pick up in the story, Matthew 14, starting with verse 22. It says this, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up in the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. <laughs> but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Now, I'm sure that you've probably heard this story before. If you've spent any time in church or going to vacation Bible school or Sunday school, I'm sure you've heard this story about Jesus walking on the water and Peter coming out of the boat to walk on the water with him. Now, last week we ended up a series. It was an 11-week series about Abraham and we learned about faith. And maybe you thought I wasn't going to be talking about faith this week, but God laid it on my heart to share this story and to talk about faith again. After all, we can't talk about it too much. We can't know too much about it. We can't exhaust the subject of faith. And the Bible tells us, and we've been looking at it, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says that we walk by faith and not by sight. You and I, we're, we're called to walk by faith. We're called to live by faith. Hebrews 10, 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But Hebrews 10, 38 goes, goes on to say this. It says, The just shall live by faith. But it says, But if anyone draws back from faith, God says, My soul has no pleasure in him. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews that it's impossible to please God without faith. So we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. We're called to live by faith. We can please God by faith. And just to recap on the last several weeks, faith, the kind of faith that pleases God, the kind of faith that we're supposed to walk by and live by, it isn't just faith in faith. No, faith begins, this God kind of faith, this biblical faith, faith begins where the 
word and will of God is known. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the empowered utterance. So that's where it begins. And that's how we're supposed to live. And that's what we're focusing on in this story, because in reality, you cannot just walk on water. You can't do it. So here's the question. How could Peter walk on water? You might say, well, Jesus can walk on water because he's God, but Peter's not God. So how can Peter walk on water? Well, let's talk a little bit about the laws of nature. Um, the law of gravity. Surely you've heard of the law of gravity, right? What goes up must come down is our, is our abbreviation of the law of gravity. But listen, the law of gravity lets us know something. It lets us know that an object weighing 987,000 pounds can't just float in the air, can it? We would say that's impossible for something weighing that much to just float in the air. Law of gravity says it cannot happen. But there's another law that supersedes the law of gravity. And that is the law of lift. Now this law of lift, it supersedes the law of gravity Every time a fully loaded Boeing 747 jet takes off at the airport, and they take off on a regular basis, and a fully loaded Boeing 747 can weigh up to 9,000, and what was that number again? 9,800, 987,000 pounds. That's heavy. That's almost a million pounds. But the law of lift supersedes, it's a higher law. It supersedes the law of gravity. It overcomes the law of gravity every time that Boeing 747 takes off. Now, let's get back to our story. Because the principles of flotation, that's actually a thing, all right? And the principles of flotation are based on the physical law of buoyancy. Now, those principles and that law lets us know that you cannot just walk on water. I mean, have you ever tried to walk on water? <laughs> you just go right in. I mean, water will not hold you up. A person cannot walk on water. But since we're talking about laws and, and lower laws and higher laws, I want to point your attention to Romans 3.27. And Romans 3.27 tells us a little bit more about faith than we've learned in previous weeks. It, it says this, Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. So Romans 3.27 lets us know that Faith is a law, just like we have a law of gravity and a law of lift and a law of buoyancy. Faith is a law, too. And the, the Greek word that describes faith as being a law is the word namos. It means law. It means principle. It means the prescriptive usage. 
of faith. So the Bible is translated the law of faith or the principles of faith. Now the law of faith and the principles of faith that we've been talking about is, is threefold. First of all, we have to hear, then we have to believe, and then there has to be some kind of corresponding action. So we've got to hear, we've got to believe, and we've got to act. Those are the principles of faith, or that's how the law of faith works. Since God is almighty, oh, go ahead and say that, God is almighty. Since God is all-powerful, since God is the most high God, I want to present this thought to you today that the law of faith, if it's based on what the almighty, all-powerful, most high God has said, if our faith is based on what God has said, then the law of faith becomes the highest law in our world because it's based on the almighty, all-powerful, the most high God. So that's what took place in this story. You see, the law of faith, Peter's faith, based on Jesus's words, when Peter said, if that's really you, call me to come out on the water. And Jesus basically said, yes, it's me. So come on. When Jesus said that, the law of faith superseded the lower law based on the principles of flotation. See, the principles of faith became higher than the principles of flotation, which is based on the law of buoyancy. The, the law of faith became a higher law, just like the law of lift supersedes gravity. The law of faith superseded the physical law of buoyancy in this story. See, faith in God's word is the highest law. When, when Peter stepped out of the boat, I want you to get a picture of this. Did he step on water? Because water won't hold you up. I mean, what, what is making the plane rise? What is making that jet rise? It's lift that is making the jet rise. It's not gravity that's making it rise. It's lift that's making it rise. And when Peter stepped out of the boat, it wasn't water that he was stepping on because water is not a firm foundation. When Peter stepped out of the boat, he stepped onto the very words of Jesus. He, he was walking on the words of Jesus. He wasn't just walking on water because you can't, you cannot just walk on water. But you can find a firm foundation in the words of God, in the empowered utterance of God. You can find a firm foundation in that. I can find a firm foundation in that, just like Peter found a firm foundation, and he actually stepped on to the words of Jesus. But then something happened. The Bible says that he began to sink. He began to sink. Why did Peter begin to sink? Well, Jesus spelled it out very clearly in Matthew 14, 31. He says, you have so little faith. 
I mean, Peter had faith to step out, but then his faith waned. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? Why, why did you let doubt creep in? Why? Because when you let doubt creep in, it means that your faith got little. So, so doubt is making faith so small, just like in their story of the boy in 747, you know what? To have lift, you got to have speed. And if you lose speed, you're going to lose lift. And then the law of gravity is going to take over. So when Peter began to doubt, his faith began to wane. And now he can no longer stand on the very words of Jesus because he began to doubt the words of Jesus. You see, Peter lost focus. Peter lost focus. And we're not just talking about Peter. We're talking about us. And we're talking about us taking hold of the promises of God and us standing in faith and, and living by faith and walking by faith and not by sight, not by feelings like we've been talking about. Peter lost focus. See, what Peter began to see, what Peter began to hear, what Peter began to feel, it became bigger to Peter. Those things, what he saw, what he heard, what he felt, those things became bigger to Peter than what Jesus said when Jesus said, come on. See, Jesus gave him an empowered word, an empowered utterance that he was able to stand on but all of a sudden, he was overcome. He wasn't walking by faith anymore. He was walking by sight. What he saw, what he heard, what he felt. I mean, he saw waves. He felt wind. He, they were already thinking that they were going to die in the boat before Jesus came. So he fell into doubt and he fell into fear. And then he could no longer, because of those things, because he wasn't, walking by faith, but he began to walk by sight, he began to sink. And that's what Jesus told him. See, it's, it's our choice, and that's what we're talking about. It's, it's your choice, and it's my choice. We can focus on what God has said. We can focus on who God is, or we can focus on our problems. We can focus on our temptations. We can focus on the cares of this life. We can, we can focus on the challenges and battles that we face. And when we begin to focus on our problems, our temptations, our cares, our battles, you know what? We lose focus on what God has said. We can, we can begin to lose focus on who God is. We can, we can no longer really believe that, that God always keeps His promises when we begin to look and focus on what's around us, when we begin to live by sight instead of by faith, we're going to sink just like Peter began to sink. Now, a lot of people give Peter a hard time. I mean, after all, he, he is mostly known for sticking his foot in his mouth all through, all through the Gospels before we get to Acts, and then we no longer see him putting his foot in his mouth anymore. But this is what I want to this is what I want to focus on today. Look, at least Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. I mean, who else can say that? 
Could any of the other disciples say, well, one day I walked on water. No, at, at least Peter got out of the boat. All the other guys just stayed safe in the boat. But Peter got out of the boat. And because he got out of the boat, because he did have faith, he actually walked on the words of Jesus across the top of the water. That brings me to this point. The potential for having great faith only exists when you step out of the boat to walk on God's word. When you step out of the boat to walk on who God is. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that in a reverent, respectful, respectful way that, hey, God is almighty. God is all powerful. God is the most high God. God does keep his promises. And our faith has to be based on the faithfulness of God and who he is. And our faith is based on his promises. Our faith is based on his word. But the potential for having great faith only exists when we step out of where we are and step onto what God has said, which is the highest law. I'm going to say that again. The potential for having great faith only exists. I mean, as long as we stay in our comfort zone, as long as we stay in what's familiar and we never step out in action based on what God has said. I mean, we just talked about Abraham. If Abraham would have never left Ur of the Chaldeans, he would not be the father of our faith. We couldn't have talked about him for 11 weeks about him having great faith and, and walking through his life. No, the potential for having great faith only exists when we follow through with what we've heard and what we believed with a corresponding action. That's when the potential for great faith is unfolded before us. Why was Peter the only disciple who walked on water? Why was he the only one? Why was he the only one that Jesus said, yes, it's me, come on. Why did it happen? Why, did, why is this story even in the Bible? Well, it was because Peter was the only one who made a bold request to Jesus. The other disciples didn't say, hey, Lord, if that's you, tell us to come on out to see you walking on the water. No, but that's what Peter said. Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Because Peter said, Jesus, if you can walk on the water, I can walk on the water too. All I need is your word to tell me that it's you. Because they thought it was a ghost, right? They thought Jesus was a ghost at first. And they were terrified and they thought they were going to drown. But Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. The only reason Peter was the only one who walked on the water out of all the disciples He's the only one who made that bold request. So, what does that mean? Where does that lead us in our continuing this week's study on faith? Well, I want to ask you a question. Do you ever pray great and bold prayers to God? Do you ever ask God to do something in you and through you that's bigger than you could do? on your own. I mean, have you ever even considered that a, a bold prayer? Well, there was a guy in the Old Testament named Jabez. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. 
Now, Jabez's mom and dad named him, he makes me sorrowful. That's what Jabez means. You, you make me sorrowful. Because of all the trouble and complications during his birth, he was named Jabez. So every time he told somebody his name, he would say, he would say, well, I'm the guy who's going to make you sorrowful. My name is Jabez. You know, what a name. What, what, <laughs> what do you have to carry? What kind of burdening do you have to have on you to tell everybody, hey, my name is, I'm going to make you sorrowful. What a, what a rough way to live, right? It's like that, that old song, The Boy Named Sue. I mean, that'd be, a, that'd be a hard name to have, you know, but it made him tough in that song. But his name is Jabez, and he's like, I, I make you sorrowful. Well, something happened. Jabez in First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, he made a bold request. He made a, he made a great and bold request to God for God to do something bigger than he could just do on his own. Listen to his prayer. He says, Oh God, that you would bless me indeed. That you would enlarge my territory. That your hand, God, would be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. And this great and bold request was so amazing that it wound up being in Scripture, even though we don't have like the life story of Jabez like we do of so many other people in the Bible but we've got this bold request to God. And several years ago, a book came out, and it was the prayer of Jabez. And maybe, you know, sometimes we, we focus on things for a little while, and then we totally forget them. But as I end and conclude this week's message, I, I put this prayer that Jabez said, this great and bold request to God, just like Peter had a great and bold request to God when he said, Hey, Jesus, if it's you, call me to come out and walk on the water to you. That was a big request. He came boldly to Jesus, even in that difficult time, and he made this request. I want to encourage you to adopt or re-adopt this prayer. Because if we're going to see God do great things in our families and in our lives and in our church, maybe it's time that we need to pray some great and bold prayers to God so that we can operate in this law of faith and see God do amazing things. So, like I said, I've, I've adapted this prayer of Jabez to go something like this. God, I ask you to increase my influence and increase my opportunities. See, we need to ask God to increase our influence with other people, that, that we would have meaningful connections and, and we would have influence over other people, that we would have opportunities, not only just influence, but that we would have opportunities to speak into their lives. So God, increase my influence and increase my opportunities. And God, do something so big in my life that is obviously from you. I mean, is anything going on in your life? Is anything going on in your family? Is anything going on in our church that's, that's obviously God doing it because it's, it's so big and so amazing that we couldn't just 
make it happen with human effort. We need to say, God, we want you to do something so big in our lives that is obviously you at work. So that when other people see what's going on, they'll say, well, I know, I know you couldn't have done this. I mean, somebody else had to do something this big because you're not, you're not smart enough and you don't have enough resources to do what's being done. So, so obviously God is doing something. And then the third thing is this, God, would you bless us so that we can be a blessing? Just like we looked at Abraham, God said, I'm going to bless you to the extent that you're going to be a blessing to the world. So think about this bold prayer to God. God, I ask you to bless me. And God, I'm not just asking you to bless me just so that I can be blessed. God, I'm asking you to bless me so that I can be a blessing. See, so many times we just ask God for just enough for survival and just enough for our own enjoyment. But it's a bold prayer to say, God, bless me so much that I can be a blessing in your name to other people. So let me recap this prayer again. And I don't know if you want to write down these things or not or, or remember them so that, and I encourage you to, to add this in your request to God. God, increase my influence and opportunities. God, do something so big in my life that it's obviously from you. And God, I ask you to bless me, not just so I can have a blessing for me, but so that I can be a blessing to other people. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. And God, I pray that you would help us to step out of the boat, not just to remain in our comfort zone and not, not expect or believe for anything other than just our basic needs and enjoyment, but God, help us to seek after you and help us to, to desire to advance your kingdom. God, that you would advance your kingdom through us and work in us and through us to make a difference, not only in, in our lives and in the lives of our family and the lives of our church, but in the, in the lives of our neighborhood and the lives of our city and the, and the lives of our world. God, you took 11 guys and changed the world. God, I know that you're big enough to use us to continue to change the world. Help us to represent your kingdom well this week. And every day, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. This online worship experience was brought to you by the friends and partners of Elation Church.